This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Some very disturbing testimony at the Wetlawfer inquiry, which detailed how the serial killer was able to keep working despite numerous instances of major infractions. She was fired from a caressant care home after managers noted, get this, more than 130 incidents of complaints from residents and workers in Wetlawfer's employment file during her seven years there. But when she grieved her firing, caressant managers agreed to a demand from her union, the Ontario Nurses Association, to pay her $2,000 in damages. They also agreed to a union demand that provided Wetlawfer with a reference letter, which she could use to get another job. The letter said she left Caressant to, quote, pursue other opportunities. The letter, the inquiry officials noted, also described Wetlawfer as a, quote, good problem solver who is punctual and has good communication skills. Now, when people hear this, a lot of them are blaming the union. So uh, what is the situation with things like this and how do we change it? We're going to Ron Minkin, who is the principal and founder of Minkin Employment Lawyers. Hello, Ron. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Thank you very much. Well, uh, when you hear this, does this surprise you? It does, Libby. This is, this is very shocking. Given the number of complaints that, that, that she had against her, one would think that she would have never, ever received a letter of reference. I mean, letters of reference are given to refer someone. Um, they're given to help people find work, the representation being that they are good workers. And sometimes the employee can write it, sometimes the employer. But in situations where there is misconduct, uh, that, in, as was in this case here, I mean, there was a complete breakdown of the relationship due to her misconduct. So to hear that after all this, she was able to receive a letter of reference, that's shocking. It's really uh, disturbing. Um, it's, in our view, it certainly should have never happened. Okay. Uh, but my understanding is, and, uh, you know, I've been involved in management, that often these things are negotiated as part of a settlement. And that's true. And certain times and certain circumstances, the employer will say, no, definitely not. This is something you are not going to get. Uh, the, the problem here is because they've given the reference, the next employer can rely on it, and that opens up a lawsuit against Crescent by the future employer who did hire uh, Ms. Wetlauer. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but again, uh, often you open up yourself a, as an employer to all kinds of, um, I guess, uh, you know, jeopardy if you give somebody a bad reference. Don't you? And that's true. But of course, do you want to get sued for giving a reference when you should not have given it? So, uh, I mean, certainly here, uh, the risk is greater in giving a reference than, than not giving a reference. What they could have done was provided a letter of employment, 
And that's where you simply state that Ms. Wetlar worked at this institution from this period of time as a nurse. Uh, and we wish you a, a successful um, career, something like that in the letter. Well, I think that's what a lot of people do now. Uh, but I guess one of the other factors that I've, I've heard about from employers is, you know, when you're when a union grieves, it can be a very long process, it can be an expensive process that you're not likely to win. So uh, people just uh, agree to the demand up front and save themselves some grief. Is, is, is there any merit to that argument? Well, yes, they save themselves some grief. But you look at the publicity this has got now for Crescent Care, and certainly I'm, I'm bet, I bet you they're regretting the, the decision that was made. Um, I mean, certainly uh, it would have it's better off to spend a bit more money and get a resolution that doesn't expose them to risk. And not only them, what about all the other people in Ontario who you know, could be uh, attending this nursing home or, or a resident there? So the amount of damage this could do, we're not just talking you know, tri- triviality. We're talking you know, murders where uh, the next nursing home would rely on this letter of reference, hire this, this lady, and in turn, she murders other people. So, indeed, you know, for cost efficiency reasons, no, don't give the letter of reference. Do not do that. At the most, letter of employment simply stating where she worked, the position she was in, her start date, her termina- her end date, and that's it. Uh, what about the union? Uh- where does the union stand in this? Because presumably this came through a grievance and they were the one who demanded these things. Well, I believe there's exposure there. There's, there was risk in doing this. There's going to be exposure. And no doubt there's going to be questions asked and questions that they'll have to answer. Uh, so what is uh, the the remedy? I mean, that's what unions do. They grieve uh, on behalf of their employees. Well, the remedy, no doubt, would, would be um, litigation against the union um, for what's happened. Whether it's going to be successful or not, it's going to be difficult to say. Um, however, I'm sure in, in hindsight, if they um, had, had done this again or could have done this again, I'm sure their decision would have been much different. Right. But uh, does this require any kind of legislative change? Because, you know, basically, that's what unions do. Well, we have, you know, we have the law that deals with this, uh, legislative change. Um, maybe that's something for the next government, whoever that government may be. Uh, but certainly, I mean, as a result of this inquest, these issues have arisen, uh, and, and they're going to, we hope, get attention because as employment lawyers, we, we see a resolution like this, and, and we shudder at this. It is clear it should not have been done. Look at the risk that they put the public at, and look at, look at the ramifications and, and the result and the tragedy that many families have had to go through in, 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 the, in this situation. Mm-hmm. As an employment lawyer, do you usually represent, uh, which side do you usually represent? We represent both sides. We have, uh, have many, about half and half, I'd say, employer and employee clients. So we can look at it from both perspectives and you know, give you a, a, an answer from both perspectives on this. 
Okay, I'm going to give uh, the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I am talking to employment lawyer, principal, and founder Ron Minkin about the very disturbing testimony about Elizabeth Wetlawfer. She was fired after 130 incidents of complaints uh, at a Crescent home, but still... Still, she was given a good reference and $2,000 in damages after she grieved her firing. A, a lot of people find that shocking, including our guest, Ron Minken. So the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And if you've ever been in a situation like that where uh, you either uh, have given a reference letter to someone maybe didn't deserve it, or you've asked for a reference letter. Is this just a matter of protecting employees? We've got Maria in Etobicoke. Hi, Maria. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. I am just livid. I cannot believe this. I am a former nurse, and if I, I would tell the relatives to take the College of Nurses, you know, to, to the end of the world for the maximum they can ever get, because the reason I'm, I'm so mad is because I work with a person who had one incident where a little old lady who was on prednisone for a long time was trying to climb out of bed. When she grabbed the woman's hand, she pulled her hand away. She ended up having a skin tear. Mm-hmm. Her daughter came in to visit and blamed the girl for uh, for um, abusing the mother. No matter, there are all the relatives who were in the room visiting, and they said, no, this is not what happened, this is what happened. They, she would not believe them because she said they are trying to protect the girl because they have relatives in the nursing home. So she went straight to the College of Nurses, and next thing you know, that one incident, she her license was suspended for six months in, because her witnesses were her fellow employees, and they said, well, they are her friends, and they will back her up to help her. So, so you're saying here that uh, some people are treated too harshly, and mm-hmm. and some people not harsh enough. Okay. Yeah, and the union did nothing for her. Okay, well, I guess uh, maybe it was a different union. Thanks very much for your call, Maria. Uh, so uh, what do you make of that? Is there, Ron, very uneven, uh, you know, an uneven way in that these rules are applied? Was this just a particular problem at this particular place? Well, you know what? We, we really sympathize with that situation. And indeed, you know, it seems like there was a lack of fairness. Um, a, a very, very minor incident happens. And a person is treated, perhaps in such a manner as if, as if there was a a very serious uh, outcome. So, um, I, I think fairness should always be applied. Uh, and if there's a situation where there is serious, you know, wrongdoing, serious misconduct, as in this case, mismanagement of medication, don't give a reference, don't do anything to help her work at one of your competitors, because what's going to happen? She may repeat, and that's just what happened here. Uh huh. And do you think we need? Uh, some people have said that we need very tough legislation governing people who are in these positions where they can affect uh, life or death. Do you think that's necessary, or do you think there's a remedy inside the laws we already have? Well, I think whatever Parliament can do to fix the situation or to make it better, certainly that would that would be helpful. 
Um, I think as, as these cases go before the courts, uh, judges uh, are very good at, at analyzing these situations and applying the proper remedies. However, under 2% of cases ever go to trial. Most are settled, and most are settled on the basis of, of uh, uh, economics. Exactly. And then, then it's up to the employer to basically you know, dig their heels in, and in a situation, if, if it's not right to do something, don't compromise over, over uh, saving yourself some money um, when you're putting someone else or the, the public at risk. You know, go, go to the end, go to court, go to trial, and if, if, you're, if you have had advice that your, your case is good and your lawyer says, no, you shouldn't provide the letter of reference, you know, don't jeopardize, don't jeopardize anyone else. You know, there's scruples out there. Keep those scruples and, and, and your values and, and take it to the end. Um, and uh, don't put anyone at risk. Okay. Thank you so much, Ron Minkin from Minkin Employment Lawyers. Appreciate it. Let me thank you. It was a pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.